Welcome to MCS Pentecast, Pentecostal podcast about theology and life in the Spirit, featuring both scholars and practitioners. MCS Pentecasts are produced by Masters College and Seminary in Ontario, Canada. I'm Van Johnson, Dean of Masters Pentecostal Seminary. Is there something unique about the way Pentecostals interpret their experience with God? This is Peter Newman, Assistant Academic Dean of Masters Pentecostal Bible College, and the following Pentecast is an interview that I conducted with Dr. Randall Holm on a paper that he presented for the Society for Pentecostal Studies, March 9, 2014, in Springfield, Missouri. Well, I'm here with Dr. Randall Holm. Uh, he teaches at Providence University College in Winnipeg, Canada. He's the Associate Professor of Biblical Studies there. And um, our location is Springfield, Missouri, 2014. Uh, Today is March the 9th. And uh, I wanted to sit down with Randall and just talk to him uh, a bit about a paper that he presented and just its practical implication, perhaps, for what it might mean for Pentecostal ministry. So, uh, Randy, if you could tell us the title of your paper and what it is you talked about, and uh, we'll just start there. The title of my paper this year was, What Has Boston to Do with Los Angeles? Uh, question mark. Pentecostals and the Pragmatic Imagination. And in the paper, I, I revisit my doc- doctoral dissertation that I wrote uh, almost 20 years ago in 1995 that I, I finished that. And it deals with the it, it dealt with the question of authority within the Pentecostal Church. Why it is that we believe what we believe and do what we do. And invariably, when you raise that kind of question in our circles, we say, well, it's the Bible that sort of directs our, our, our belief and, uh, and practice within the Pentecostal Church, but so does every other church. And yet we all seem to arrive at nuanced differences, uh, both in practice and in belief. And so in my doctoral dissertation, I, uh, I came across the writings of, of a philosopher by the name of William James, and he was of interest to me, both because of his writings and because of the time in which he presented his material. William James is sort of considered the author, in many respects, of um, uh, philosophy, otherwise, as we would under, know it today, as pragmatism. And he gave his definitive lectures on pragmatism in 1906, to 1907 in Boston, uh, in Boston's Harvard University. Uh, of course, those are the same dates, coincidentally, on the west coast of uh, the United States of uh, Azusa Street with William James, another William. So you have these two James. Uh, William Seymour. Uh, William Seymour, Seymour, sorry, yes, <laughs> yes. I'm mixing up my Williams. But that's, so you have uh, William Seymour on the west coast, uh, thoroughly black, uh, not overly educated. Uh, you have on the East Coast, uh, in the hallowed halls of Harvard, William James, thoroughly white, uh, extremely educated. And you might not say there's any co- correlation between the two of them. I have no idea if they even heard of each other. But um, but when you start to, to read some of the early statements that came out of the early Pentecostal movement uh, by William James, I'm going to get my Williams mixed up here, by William Seymour and others, um, you find this, this, this common thread in language. William James, 
this author of pragmatism would say, something is true because it works, it works because it's true. Or truth is, there, truth is not inherent in an idea. Truth becomes true, is made true by events. And on the West Coast, you have this, um, this, this group of young Pentecostals who are experimenting with, um, with phenomena such as speaking in tongues and are, are saying things such as, this experience, this, 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 um, tongues is born out of experience. If you spoke in tongues, you would know it is true. It is made true by events, and, and you have a very common kind of language. And so, in my dissertation, I, I draw these parallels, and I see a common thread of pragmatism that has worked its way through. In my case, I was studying the Pentecostal Summons of Canada at the time, in 1995. Uh, and you see that there is a, a thread of pragmatism that is inherent in the decisions and in the, many of the, the beliefs with Pentecostals. Now, in this particular paper, I explored a, a third or a second uh, option uh, or, or another thread that, that uh, I, I was mulling over, and it's a, it's a new, uh, new word that is being thrown around a lot. It's otherwise known as imagination. Okay. Uh, and it's a new hyphenated word that everybody's talking. There's a new mythological imagination. There is a um, uh, it is used in a uh, sacramental imagination, um, prophetic imagination, and so forth. So, and what, so what on. is it? What is what, so? Break that down for us. What, what's the the big deal with imagination? What are people trying to say when they're using this uh, hyphenated? You know, adding imagination to different things. They're not talking about children imagining that they're in a different country or something like that. No, it's used no. a little bit different. Imagination is that disposition that sort of strains against. As some would say, the limits of possibility, whether that be social, spiritual, political, or otherwise. Imagination works quite well with, with, with talk about, uh, what, about the Holy Spirit. It, it is, um, uh, I mean, at least from our perspective, from our circles, imagination is, is, is the ability to, to, to think, about, think beyond the... Um, the the mundane, um, the the realms of possibility, and to imagine greater things, bigger things. So, would a word like envision envision some different possibilities? Would that fit into that? I don't know if it tri- quite captures everything about it, but you're in one. Si- I'm just trying to yeah, bring yeah. this down. So, so, Pentecostals maybe were able to see beyond just the the regular, let's say, church life, spiritual life, and envision. A different world is that the type of thing you're getting at, or was it? Yeah, you're able to envision a, a different world. Uh, imagination. Now, in the paper, I argue here. If we, if we take for an, a co- more concrete example uh, about our our doctrine of uh, on spirit baptism, I would I would argue that the that that whether it was acknowledged or not, there was a kind of imaginative force that even allowed those early Pentecostals, such as William Seymour and others, to to say that. W- the, the gifts of the Spirit or the, the actions of the Spirit that, as witnessed in Acts, the book of Acts, uh, were even a possibility okay. for today. Right. And, and it took something 
let's call it imagination. It took something to even imagine that's possible because that's not, that wasn't the, the history. So other groups weren't, weren't, didn't have that. It wasn't possible for them because there was no imagination there. There was no uh, idea that this could be a possibility for today. That was something for another era, another the day, New Testament another or something era, else. It had ceased. Uh, you know, the, the common, certainly within conservative circles, within the church, uh, it had long ceased with the apostles, and there really wasn't any witness, there wasn't, uh, there's little hints here and there through history, but but it, people such as uh, William Seymour, not exactly a student of history per se, so something something allowed him to think, well, I see it here, it can happen today. So perhaps the Holy Spirit involved in that? Sure, process. I would argue that the Holy Spirit is, is, is driving that particular agenda. And I would even, in the paper, I even argue that the Holy Spirit not only inspires and uh, creates this imaginative force within the minds of uh, these early Pentecostal believers, but can even use a, a method such as pragmatism to, 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 to give it uh, capital and to give it uh, force that can spread out and uh, capture the imagination of others. Okay, so, so okay, bringing together the words pragmatism, imagination, so something enabled Seymour and the Pentecostals to imagine a world it could be, and, and in fact, then it, that, that's confirmed because it sort of works. They begin it, to that's right. that's imagine right. the possibility of tongues as the Spirit, let's say in our case we're saying Holy Spirit is, is uh, enabling that idea, that possibility, and it's confirmed for them. In other words, there's cash value. It actually works, right. and, therefore, works. and therefore it's true. And there's biblical precedent as sure, well, but, sure. but it's not just Bible verses that no, are driving them here. Because other Christians have those same Bible verses, right? There's something right. else going and on. And there wasn't, arguably, for those other Christians, I guess, there wasn't the imaginative possibility to start with. And then, it, and then had it just stayed there, if there, wasn't some, if there wasn't a pragmatism to come alongside it, it would have just stayed with the individual. It would have died with William Seymour or, or the few that had that okay. kind of imagination. All right. Okay, so, uh, so what does this mean for us today? What does this mean for... Uh, uh, the, the way that the Pentecostals develop their doctrine of, of spirit baptism and, and, and for pastors, for Pentecostal ministers, um, is this pragmatic imagination still active? Uh, have we lost it? Uh, um, How is the Holy Spirit leading us? What's going on? Where does the rubber meet the road here? Let's well, be pragmatic. Let's be pragmatic. <laughs> well, well, it, well, of course it goes through waves, I, I suspect. Uh, um, it was... Um, and, and it's... It, if we, if, we, if we keep with the, the theme of spirit baptism with these early Pentecostals, it was, again, this imaginative, pragmatic... Pragmatism is a method. It's not an ideology. Pragmatism is a method. It, it brings together ideas. It, it allows those ideas to work and, to, and, and, and allows those ideas to spread to, uh, to a larger idea. And so it, it managed to do that. And I, would, I argue in the paper, for example, in spirit baptism, that... Um, the, 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 our doctrine of initial evidence was, was part of that pragmatic imagination, and it, it, allowed, it allowed the Pentecostalism to, to capture the, the imagination of others and to spread. Had there not been a doctrine of, um, of uh, initial evidence, uh, it probably would have wilted away. Okay, so let's just pause there for a moment. So Pentecostals are looking to pass on these, these experiences that they're having with the Holy Spirit. They're very excited about this. They want other Christians to know about this. Uh, not only do they see precedent in the Bible, but their pragmatic imagination has allowed them to say, hey, there's a possibility here that God could work this way. And in fact, 
look, he's doing it, he's doing it. But then they have to develop statements that allow this to be passed on, and one of those is this doctrine of initial evidence that uh, that if you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, the tangible sign will be that you you speak out in tongues. And and that becomes sort of an institutional, uh, doctrinal uh, statement, And, and by enforcing that, it actually allows Pentecostals to distinguish themselves from other groups, but it, and it makes it something that, that people can uh, quite clearly, easily see. Okay, well, this is this is where this is going. I can be, I can enter into this type of spiritual imagination. This, if if I I also embrace this type of teaching, is that where you're? Sure, you're sure, exactly. Okay. So, but but when we start talking and, and describing it that way, um, of course we're 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 making. Uh, speaking in tongues uh, becomes a um, a sociological necessity okay. to allow this to happen. Uh, it does have it does have biblical precedent. It's not without biblical precedent. It's not entirely just kind of uh, manipulated and it it, it it does have biblical precedent, but it becomes an absolute sociological necessity uh, for it to. Capture the imaginations of people. Now, so, fast so, so, forward okay, wait, to the, the future. Soci- by sociological necessity, you mean that at a certain time and place, this doctrine functions to work because of the historical environment in which Pentecostals are in. Is that what you're yeah, saying? About yeah, yeah. You take other groups. The Missionary Alliance, where A. B. Simpson at the time, um, a contemporary of the early Pentecostals, uh, he he had a simple little adage. Uh, Forbid not, seek not, and uh, in reference to speaking in tongues, right. and within the missionary alliance, it's it's really um, it's not part of their their culture. Right. Certainly, speaking in tongues. So that statement didn't function to actually help perpetuate the experience. No, they wouldn't. We wouldn't even be having this, this discussion. There wouldn't be Pentecostals today had there not been this particular doctrine. I, but that's 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 a, a sociological reality okay. in, in many respects. Right. Now we fast forward to today. Um, the idea of, of tongues, the gifts of the spirit, and all the other different things that are surrounded that tongues. We sort of won the battle on that. There, there's very few people that would question the reality or the possibility of the gifts of the spirit being alive and well within uh, the church. Uh, but that's created also a new problem for classical Pentecostals. Uh, uh, in that now now our doctrine is is almost working against us okay. in many respects uh, we've we've hung on to it and others have 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 flown with it and the charismatics um, have have gone and and and, and so um, studies have indicated that that tongue speaking is is more alive within the charismatic community than it certainly is within the classical Pentecostal community. And yet they don't have this particular initial evidence. It's creating a, a problem within the, uh, certainly within the Pentecostal Sons of Canada or any of the, the uh, classical Pentecostal groups. And what I think is needed is a, almost a new imagination okay. to re-envision, uh, so, so we speak in tongues, so what, now what? Right. Is there another way of articulating this? Is there another way of articulating this? And and perhaps uh, perhaps we need to be sensitive to new impulses of the spirit that might be even pragmatically steered our way. So the spirit using the practical realities of every day to say, "Look at here's uh, maybe other ways of talking about these things." Uh, so so just just to summarize a couple of things. So initial evidence without it, 
there'd be no classical Pentecostalism. No, no. Uh, because they needed that to, to help form their identity. There might not be a charismatic movement either. Right. Yeah. Right. So, and yet now we have all sorts of people who don't call them, so they don't articulate their experience the same way as classical Pentecostals. But some of them, in some studies, we have other groups speaking in tongues more than those who are insisting on, insisting on initial evidence. So, uh, doesn't mean initial evidence is necessarily uh, wrong. It just means that we're wondering, you're, you're raising questions as to whether it is, is working. It's working. Is, is it, it serving? Is, is it, it serving, serving the, our own yeah, fellowship? It's very pragmatic. It's a, I'm, I'm <laughs> you're looking for cash pragmatic. value here. Exactly. And I'm wondering <laughs> if it's really serving. If you look at our, our, our now I don't, teach in, uh, I don't teach in the denominational college, but as I look at the denominational colleges and I talk with uh, people like yourself and others, uh, I, under, I know that there is a... Um, uh, among the the emerging adults, younger adults, uh, that uh, there many are questioning and really struggling with what they feel is uh, handcuffs that are put on them in terms of of this particular this whole area of spirit baptism. Okay, let me ask you a really practical question here for uh, ministers that might be listening and thinking. But this is look, we, if, if we uh, this initial evidence doctrine has first of all been something that's worked out in their own life in our own lives, right? They've spoken in tongues and, mm-hmm, and understood sure. it this way and, and experience with God made a big difference in their life. And uh, this has been spiritually transformational for them, very important. And when they hear this type of conversation, uh, it might make people sort of afraid, it might make them nervous. Like, are we giving up our Pentecostal values? Are we, are we selling the farm? Are we, and and I, I don't necessarily hear that's what you're saying here, but, but I, I think we... Um, and I haven't heard you actually advocate an alternative articulation. You're simply talking about a reality of how, how life is working. So what, what would you say to somebody saying, look, you can't start to tinker with uh, that type of thing. Um, well, it's, it's, it's a great question, and, but I would argue very quickly that I would say that uh, um, speaking in tongues per se is not a Pentecostal value. Um, well, that's controversial. <laughs> oh, sure, sure, it's controversial. Not a Pentecostal value. I'm not. Can I we, don't declare. I don't. I don't tell uh, at Providence where I where I am, and it's multi-denominational college. I don't tell people I'm Pentecostal because I speak in tongues. I, I tell them, yeah, I'm a card-carrying tongue speaker. But that's what. That's not what makes me Pentecostal. It's what, and it's not why I would self-declare myself as Pentecostal. I'm Pentecostal because of, of I I I have invested interest. I am I am. Uh, I have been in in following the impulses of the Holy Spirit. I am fascinated by the Holy Spirit. I uh, I and I and I think what makes us Pentecostal is that we have a long history. Often um, we make decisions tacitly, perhaps we haven't thought about this this kind of stuff yep. in, a, in an intellectual way of how this all works out. But but the Spirit of we're interested in the Spirit of God is is a fluid is a fluid force um, that directs our, 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 our practice, our lives in, in, multi, in a multitude of ways. Okay. And, and I think we need, that's what makes me Pentecostal. And I think we need to keep that in the forefront. And, and these, these spiritual gifts, and we could talk about healing, prophecy, and so forth and so on, um, are all part of that, the ministration of the Holy Spirit as it works through us, as we are 
open to those possibilities. Okay, so so Pentecostalism includes tongue speaking, but you you don't want to reduce it or flatten it to that one experience. Exactly. There's a whole broader dimension. You should and, have written this paper. And, so, <laughs> and so, but it's sometimes but it's sometimes really in that that it maybe when we talk about initial evidence, we almost reduce it to exactly to that one thing. And and with early Pentecostals, they didn't want to reduce it to that one thing. It was just sort of that distinction distinguishing mark. Sure. That, that sure. they thought open the Christian to to uh, wider possibilities, wider imagination. Yeah. Uh, Randy, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. We've learned a lot. This has given us a lot to think about, so really appreciate your time. Okay, thank you. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of MCS Pentecast, podcast produced by Master's College and Seminary. MCS Pentecasts are available online at mcs.edu and also through iTunes Podcasts. Master's College and Seminary offers biblical, theological, and practical courses from a Pentecostal perspective at both undergrad and graduate levels. For more information on graduate courses offered through the seminary in Toronto, Canada, visit mpseminary.com. For undergrad courses at Master's College in Peterborough, please visit mcs.edu.